0: Welcome back to the Speaking and Communicating Podcast. I am your host, Roberta. If you are looking to improve your leadership skills, your communication skills, both professionally and personally, this is the podcast for you. Today, I am joined by Jessica Malone. She is the founder of Not Your Average Fro, and she is a life design coach. Before I go any further, please help me welcome Jessica. Good to have you here, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I am very intrigued by your story, and we're going to talk about that later, especially the culture that we're in. Tell us, first of all, a bit of background about you.
1: Sure. So I am a Texas native born and raised in the state of Texas, and um, I think that my story is one of breaking free of expectation. You know, I grew up on a track. I always performed in school. I did everything that a person was supposed to do, uh, graduating top of my class, getting into a Fortune 10 company, excelling through corporate America, internships, study abroad. I did all of the things. And I came to a point in my life where I realized that I wasn't really living the life that I wanted to lead. And so I feel like there's these two distinct parts of who I was as someone who was always thinking about how to uphold expectations and who I am, as I think about choosing the life that I want to leave and, and living more freely. And so part of that journey, the second phase of my journey is entrepreneurship, uh, van life, which I'm sure we'll talk about more and pursuing a life of simplicity as a minimalist. So I can focus on the things that really matter to me.
0: How did the light bulb moment come when you decided, huh, this is not the person I want to be? This person was just meeting expectations.
1: Yeah, so I feel like it really happened in phases. I can remember it happening as early as college. Um, When I got ready, when I graduated from high school, actually, I really didn't have a strong interest in going to college, but it was something that had always been talked about in my household. I graduated in the top 10% of my high school class, partially to get a scholarship to go to school. That was something that my parents and I had always talked about. So I knew that that was the expectation, but I never felt this strong desire to go. And after I graduated, I remember coming home to my parents and saying, I want to be a bartender. I don't really want to go into corporate. Mm -hmm. I graduated, you know, top of class there. I was summa cum laude graduate in college. And I was like, I want to be a bartender. Like I I want to take off time. If I was your parents. Oh, they were. My parents were like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't put you through all of this to go and tend a bar. But I think that for me, I didn't realize what it was at the time, but I think I was Already tired, exhausted from just the focus that I had put on school. It was never really something that was super important to me. It was something that I think was really important to my parents. And I understood how performing academically could benefit me in my life. I understood intellectually why I'm doing it, but I don't know that it was ever something that was really important to me. And um, all
0: credit to your parents, every parent wants what's best for their children. Who
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to
0: them for that?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. No, I think I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them, but I can recognize that it wasn't something that I was driving, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, right. I think I've always been someone who really enjoyed more creative pursuits. And I think that's where that desire to just do something else came from when I graduated from school. So that was the second time. Then I went into corporate. I did end up getting a pretty high paying corporate job. When I got there, I didn't feel very accepted. I had just gone natural. I had just cut off all my permed hair and started wearing my hair in its natural Afro. And I had a boss who was not comfortable with that. And she told me, you know, you need to be thinking about how you can make people comfortable. And it's really important oh. that it was a Black woman, which made it more surprising Oh, for me. that is surprising. Yes. And so she was really grooming me. And again, it was one of those things where intellectually, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand that- the want me to works. Exactly. But now it's again, this, another example of, well, I, I don't really feel like I can just be myself. I don't really feel like I can just be who I want to be. And throughout corporate America, I didn't have as many issues with my hair after I left her leadership, but I did just find myself not being valued. The skills that I brought to the table weren't valued all the time from my management team
0: do you know why just in general obviously there would be specifics that you're not aware of
1: it's hard to say I think that in some instances it was I don't know if jealousy is the right word but I had a boss once who told me she thought I was lucky to get paid what I was making, despite my credentials. She had taken me through the ringer. I wanted to be promoted. She told my former boss that she would bring me to her team, but she wanted to have kind of a trial period. So she tested me out. I blew it out of the water, got a raise. (laughs) Thank you. And then I got two raises in about six months time. What What she didn't realize was I was actually being underpaid when I came to her team and and so HR informed me, you're being underpaid. We need to bump you up. And I then a few that. months later, she had to give me an, a raise just because it was time for performance raises. Right. And she told me, you know, you're really lucky to be making this kind of money at your age. Most people don't make this kind of money. Where what you have are. most people got to do with you? Nothing. And so I felt like I came here and you put me on this trial and I performed well. And I feel like this compensation is a reflection of my performance. And yet I'm being told, you know, I'm just lucky. Is it a question of this is mm-hmm. how I started at this
0: age? At your mm-hmm. age, why do you have to be up here?
1: Yeah, I think it was a little bit of that. Maybe again, I don't know if jealousy is the best word, but you know, people are always, they're not really responding to you, but more or less how what you do or exactly Mm. makes them feel. And I think that I made some people feel uncomfortable.
0: Did it change your perception of corporate life or just that one particular individual?
1: Uh, Definitely my perception of corporate life. Working under her leadership was when I decided that I've got to do something else. That's when I started thinking Mm. seriously about entrepreneurship because I was really tired of not being accepted or not feeling like I could just be myself, be valued for who I was. And that's when I started thinking, what else can I do? Where else can I go? What skills can I turn into a business?
0: And so what was the next part of the journey?
1: The next part of the journey was launching what is now known as Not Job, Fro. It went through a couple of iterations. I had a food blog for some time. It was called Tex-Mex with Jess. And I traveled and ate Tex-Mex food. Um, it was terrible for my waistline. I put on a lot of weight. Oh and my goodness.
0: so I was <laughs> like, okay, well, I'm going to
1: have to do something else. And I realized that that blog was really about escapism. I was not happy. And so eating created this distraction and calling Mm -hmm. myself a food blogger was a distraction. After the weight gain, I found myself just being even more unhappy with my life. And that's when I started thinking, okay, how do I create a life that I really love? And that's when I stumbled upon minimalism. Mm -hmm. And I just started sharing my minimalism journey. I did a 30 day challenge, started sharing it on Instagram. And that was the basis for Not Your Average fro, which has now become this lifestyle design company.
0: Here's what I'm curious about yeah. when it comes to minimalism. I've been in this country for about two years. And when I visit some of my friends' apartments, people just have a lot of stuff. Yeah, Some of them have clothes they haven't worn. They still have price tags, but they're still buying more clothes. <laughs> How do you decide to be a minimalist in a culture where people just have a lot of excessive, abundant stuff?
1: I think it was... Because I had achieved so much so fast for my age, I looked around and realized all of the things people are striving for generally in our society have not brought me happiness. I had a lot of money Mm. i was making nearly six figures before i was 26 so i had money i was single no children responsibilities anything of the sort i had the nice apartment i mean i drove a decent car but it was paid off you know Mm -hmm. i had all of the things that people wanted the electronics the clothes i used to take my mom on shopping sprees i really had what everyone hopes for in a lot of ways And I just wasn't happy. And I think that's what made minimalism feel so welcoming to me that it was like, there's really nothing for you in this world of materialism. We have to seek out something else. We have to get back to our core values and what is important to us and build a life that is a reflection of that.
0: When you started the 30 day challenge, how Mm -hmm. did it make you feel different when you had less stuff in the house?
1: Oh my gosh. I was so emotional. I cried a lot actually when Mm -hmm. I first started. Yeah. It was really hard because like I said, there were so many things in my life that I did because that was what I thought I was supposed to do. You know, I'm an only child also. So it's just me and my parents, whatever they said, I did it. I was a very obedient child. And so it became this tug of war. I recognize that there are so many great things that happened in my life that are the result of my parents' expectations, but there was also this part of me that wanted something different. And so I felt guilty and in some ways ashamed because I knew there are people who would kill to live the kind of life that I'm living. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? And so I was very, very emotional about it because it made me feel ungrateful in the very beginning. Why would you walk away from all of this? You know, after everything mm. your parents did for you, thinking about all the people who would love to be in your position, I just had to come to terms with realizing like, this isn't what I really want. There's somebody who wants this and, and I love that for them. I don't love it for me. We
0: are not, police. anyone who's listening, we never knock. Anybody being ambitious, striving for more, kudos to you, go with that (laughs) journey. But sometimes if you feel like it's not for you, that's still okay too. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, it was very emotional, but over time, liberating. It was so nice and freeing to let my desires be the highest authority for my life. Say that again. It was freeing to let my desires be the highest authority for my life. extremely liberating moment
0: of silence for that that's a powerful statement have you found that like you said liberating when I was home in South Africa I used to have a lot of clothes and everything mm-hmm. and then you come to South Korea they give you a furnished apartment so the only thing you move in with is your clothes so I had to now downsize because mm. you need the 23 kilos the two 23 kilo suitcases and you carry on and that's right. it So everything I have needed to fit into that and I had to let things go. And when I was there, every time, even if something is on sale for 10 (laughs) bucks, every time I was tempted to buy something, my first question would be, is it going to fit into my suitcases already? Mm, (laughs) He actually trained me (laughs) to do that. Like, you're going to be throwing this at the airport. (laughs) Think about it.
1: Yeah, like you said it's liberating you have less stuff to deal with yeah for sure it's less responsibility with less responsibility you get the option to choose where you want to put your attention where you want to put your Mm -hmm. focus especially for that time in my life that was so important to me because I was just starting an entrepreneurial journey and I needed to be able to make that choice and have that freedom to choose
0: how did you start being an entrepreneur
1: So it started with sharing the minimalism journey online. And I had a weekly series called minimalism Monday. I did it for, I think about three years, every Monday showed up live on Instagram to talk about what I was decluttering or how minimalism was impacting my life and As I started to grow a following, I realized that there was something that really attracted people about my talk track and and how my perception, I would say, on minimalism. I'm very intrigued by and connected to the emotional and psychological impacts of clutter. That's what I would talk to people about. And I, I cried a lot. <laughs> so yeah, I knew yeah. that it was more than stuff from the very beginning. And so I started creating ebooks and guides to help people identify what psychological and emotional connections they had to their clutter. And over time, that grew into a workshop and then now a coaching program.
0: That's amazing. You know, Nisinesh, mm-hmm. clean house. We've cleaned house, we've yeah. changed lives. You know? Yeah, I used to watch that show and I used to think to myself, is that for TV or do people really have that much stuff? They can't even walk around their house.
1: Yeah, people really do have that much stuff. I've seen it all over the spectrum. I am a firm believer that clutter isn't always about the amount of stuff that we have, but I have seen people with homes where they can't move or Mm. they have things from decades old just collecting in their garage or in a second bedroom, in a closet that they haven't touched in years.
0: And the psychology Behind that is just in summary,
1: yeah, it varies by person, but generally, we are purchasing things to overcome our own discouraging or limiting beliefs. We are hoping Mm. that the stuff will fill the void of the thoughts that are occurring in our mind. Wow, yeah, my thing was always that I wasn't enough. You know, my life had always led me to believe that, although it's not true, just the stories I shared with you so far. That was what I felt my life was reflecting back to me. So I accumulated things to feel worthy and valuable. Which and is it's what not
0: everybody's looking for
1: exactly. And it's not just in our homes. Clutter shows up in our money, in our time, in our relationships, in our work. So at my job, I was constantly outperforming everyone because I thought that my achievements would equate to value and worth. In worth. my friendships, mm-hmm. I did the same thing. I was always trying to be everything to everyone. So better that a little more yeah. with my parents they wanted their daughter to be a certain way in a sense in my mind they never really said this to me but in my mind there was a certain kind of person they wanted to be able to brag about the girl who had the growing 401k hey, my african
0: parents too. <laughs> extended family the yes. and the
1: neighbors that hey my yes. daughter achieved this yes. it's yes. <laughs> and so yeah you know i felt like there was a person i needed to be in corporate because I thought that that's what my parents wanted, so they could talk about their a daughter and her achievements. Oh, and with my friends, always being there for them when they had problems, being a listening ear, even if I didn't feel like I was being heard or if there was space for me in the relationship, I was always oh, there. Oh Mm -hmm. the relationships felt one-sided in a lot of ways i didn't always feel like it was reciprocal i would be there no matter what even though i felt i don't really get to express myself back to the sense of worth, absolutely if my friends said oh i want to go on a diet i might start looking up stuff oh you should try this you should try that or i went vegan for some time if a friend said i'm thinking about being vegan i would create a whole Pinterest board of recipes for them. You know, I was always just trying to support them in any way possible in hopes that that made me valuable um, now in that relationship.
0: On the self discovery journey, have those friendships been affected?
1: Yes. Some friendships, they don't exist anymore. Some friendships are still there, but they have evolved. I think the more that I step into my own, the more that I also have boundaries speak up for myself. I'm more open with my friends and the things that I'm willing to do and the things that I want to participate in, as opposed to just going with the flow because I wanted just to be there for them.
0: Just wanted to have
1: somebody around called a friend. Right. Right. My relationship with my mom has changed a lot. We used to shop a lot together and we don't do that anymore. And And I think it was hard for her in the beginning. Beginning. But what I did was I introduced her to this idea of gifting experiences. And so now we go and do things rather than just buy things. So we might go on a Mm -hmm. trip together. We might go to a concert together. Uh, We might go to the spa. Even though we're still spending money, we're doing things that create stronger bonds and memories Mm -hmm. than the shopping trips. I'm going to leave the shopping trip with clothes, but Did we really talk about anything, you know, were we really able to communicate and get to know each other? Not really, but traveling together and and having these shared experiences creates stronger bonds and better memories. And so in that way, I've seen my relationships grow. It's like, Hey, there's another way to do this. And I just keep introducing the people in my life to that. And it's had great results. I mean, my mom started a business after I became a minimalist through work together. She was my first client. And so she now has a business and she's decluttered her money. And so it has had a huge impact on her and our relationship as a whole. So now mom has bragging rights. What are you complaining about? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome
0: I love that I just love how things when things turn out living your true self your best self and everybody around you supports who you choose to become Absolutely. Do you have one story you can share with us about one of your clients? You don't have to give details, but just how your business transforms their lives.
1: Absolutely. One of the stories I love, and you can check it out in more detail on my website, so I can kind of give you the short version here. One of my clients came to me when she was in the middle of attempting to launch a business. She was working full-time, wanted to start a, a business on the side, and she had already gone through a lot of the steps to get things going, but she found herself just kind of in this start and stop you <laughs> and procrastinating and so when we came to do our work together we decluttered her kitchen and through that she learned that she often like me would do what other people expected of her more so than what she Mm. truly wanted and so understanding that she recognized this is how I'm creating clutter in all these other aspects of my life and so then she started putting her needs first if I put my needs first what would that look like at work in my relationships at home three months after we did our work together. She opened the doors on her business. She went to her job and she got a change in her schedule. They actually allowed her to work less hours so she could focus on her business launch and increased her pay because they recognized the value that she brought to the company. Yeah, and so I just love her story. It reflects back that idea of, you know, sometimes we're afraid to be who we are, do what we want, let our desires lead. But when we do that, it really always works out to our benefit.
0: It does. It sounds scary. And it sounds like it requires a lot of courage in order to step into that. Yeah. But I feel like just like your client, we teach people how to treat us. When she realized her value and her worth, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Look how the job responded.
1: Right, exactly. She's a big story, and, and I have clients. There's so many things I see. Clients have huge weight loss, monetary savings, getting into new relationships. Mm. Um, I mean, we declutter, and they really decide where it's most important to them. And I just help them to understand how they're doing things and how it's keeping them from the life that they really want.
0: Okay. So in these five aspects, I'm going to ask you to give us one tip for decluttering. Okay.
1: One tip for health. Identify what you love to eat and build a nutritional plan around that.
0: Okay. One tip for wealth, finances.
1: Let go of one thing that is misaligned with your goals. Mm, one tip for mental decluttering declutter your nightstand or whatever you see when you first wake up or when you go to bed at night in your bedroom
0: including your phone computer that could be
1: yes i don't keep my phone or my laptop in my bedroom anymore
0: oh that's a big one Mm -hmm. relationships.
1: That one's very intricate, but I would say give time and energy to the relationships that were built on, on solid ground. The relationships that are the result of trying to fill your own void, let those fall to the wayside. Declutter those relationships and lean into the others.
0: And the last term, spiritual decluttering.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I would say declutter your time so that you can spend time in silence that's a good one yes mm-hmm.
0: jessica malone thank you so much not your average fro. <laughs> and before you go all these nuggets we want to hear more about them You're going to have to tell us one by one on the interwebs where to find you.
1: Absolutely. So you can find me at nachoaveragefro.com. That's N-A-C-H-O, like a nacho chip, (laughs) averagefro.com. And it's the same on Instagram at nachoaveragefro. And that's pretty much it. There's not a lot of places to find me. I try to keep it simple.
0: Okay. Just website and Instagram.
1: (laughs) Correct. We
0: all need to declutter no matter where we come from, no matter what stage of life we're in. It can only benefit us. Absolutely. We want to be on a journey of self-discovery.
1: Any last words before we go? I think to repeat what we said earlier, allow your desires to be the highest authority for your life. That's the most beautiful statement I've heard today. Thank (laughs) you so
0: much, Jessica Malone. It was so good to have you here today. Thank you for having me.